Well, welcome to LifePoint. My name is Andrew Garcia, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we are so excited to have you with us today. Uh, our senior pastor right now, Danny Rivers, is celebrating 10 years uh, of this church and 20 years of marriage. So he is over in Italy right now, seriously having some fun, um, eating good food. If you follow him on Instagram, it's pretty crazy what they get to eat over there. He's got some good pictures and his hashtags, if you know. <laughs> You're laughing if you know this hashtag. He's got some interesting hashtags that you've got to interpret on your own time. But thank you guys so much for being here. We're, we're in a series right now called Playlist. And what we're doing is we've taken songs and we're using them as a backdrop to talk about biblical truths or, and, and to see things from a biblical perspective. And so today's going to be no different. Um, how many of you guys know that music is good for the soul? Come on. It's good, right? Music, it, it, it just does something to you, you know, when you want to amp up your emotions, you know, you can turn on a good song. When you want to turn your trickle of tears into, like, streams of tears, like, you just find the right song, the right playlist, and it's going to happen for you. You know, like, if, if you want to feel happy, maybe you listen to Whitney Houston, and she's got a song called I Want to Dance with Somebody. Yes? It's not Some of you are like, yeah, I'm going to do it. The rest of you are like, nah, bro, keep doing it. Maybe uh, let's, let's go with a different, a different moment, a different feel, right? Like, usually we remember the sad times the most, right? They stick with us kind of more than anything else. So, so maybe, maybe for you, you like to listen to Cheap Trick, their, their song called The Flame. for the older people in the house. The young people are looking at me like, bro, what are you doing? Uh, I've got one more. I've got one more. What, what about In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel? Oh, God, that's what I, somebody just said. I don't like to see so much pain. Don't cry. There's tissues in the back. Don't worry. All right, forget it. You guys aren't old enough. All right. Here's, here's, here's a moment of honesty. How many of you guys know Titanic, right? You've watched the movie Titanic. It's not a trick question. It's okay. You can raise your hands. I'm a product of the 90s, so Titanic came out when I was born. Um, but when, when, you wanted, when I wanted to feel like sad and lonely and depressed, like to feel pathetic about myself, Celine Dion, man, my heart will go on. This is the song. Every night in my Feel that, don't you? The emotion of that, the weight. This is not a hand song. This is, I'm going to get on my knees and cry. All right, but seriously, seriously, I, I do have some beef with Titanic, though. Um, I really do believe that Rose let Jack die. They could have survived. That's all I'm saying. They're playing cards on one of them, people. Come on now. There was plenty of room for both of them to live, which means young men got to be careful, because ladies, they'll just let you fall off the edge when they're ready. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Off on a side, right? Music, music is a powerful thing, right? It, it does something to us. And this entire series has really been encouraging and uplifting, and it's been a reminder of how much God cares about us and the lengths that he, he goes for us. And today's going to be no different. I believe that God has prepared this message for somebody in this room today. Okay, maybe that's kind of weird to you and you're like, that's, that's a weird thing to say, but, but if you walked in here today and you aren't sure about this whole God thing, then 
you're probably here because something is going down in your life, in your world, and you've done all that you know how to do without success, which means that you need something extraordinary to happen. Now, there are other, others of us in here who, who have given our lives to God, but lately it feels like what's going on in our world, we just feel like he doesn't exist anymore or he doesn't care about us. And so today, if, if you're in a place where you feel intimidated by the circumstances, the challenges that are surrounding your life, if you find yourself feeling doubt, right, engulfed with anxiety, with questions, this inner turmoil and, and battling fear within you, then I want you to know today that I have an answer for you, but it's gonna surprise you. And my hope today is to just give you enough, create enough doubt within you with what you currently believe to see how God might actually be active in your life, in your pain today. So, so when I asked God what it was that he wanted me to talk about, I kind of just received one word that kind of dropped in my heart, and the word is s surrender. And surrender kind of gets a, it gets a bad rap, because most of us, when we think of surrender, we think of lost or like lost, right? I've either lost something or I lost something. And surrender in, in the context of the kingdom, God's kingdom, takes on a completely different meaning. So I'll, I'll just kind of start it off like this. Like, if, How many of you guys have New Year's resolutions? Anybody New Year's resolutions in the house? A few of you. Those of you who aren't raising your hands because they failed already, right? They didn't go the way that you wanted them to. At the beginning of the year, 2017, you know, December, I came out like I had all these plans, all these goals. You know, I was ready for it, man. And uh, January 1st was Sunday, so Sunday was God's day, so I was okay. But then January 2nd came around, and I like, immediately got struck with the flu and got sick. Right? And you know how it is, like when you're an adult and you get sick, like it could last one day, but it's gonna take you like three weeks to recover, right? Like you're just, you feel like blah all the time. And I was like, seriously, like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, come on, life, get over yourself. And then to make matters worse, I, I, I kind of like to fix things when something's broken. I just kind of have that habit. Any men in here who like to fix things? Okay, three men in the house. Okay, good for you, the rest of you. I don't know what to tell you. Your wife's gonna have to work on that. Right, but the the heater, the AC unit broke in the church office, and if if you know anything about the church property, the house is old, like it's a Sears and Roebuck home, so it's just old. So you know the the, the heater went out because we don't have gas anymore. So they filled up the propane tank, then you got to go back and light it on, right? You got to turn the pilot on. Well, I go and I turn the pilot on. That stupid sucker. Okay, I turn it on and whoosh, fire, man! I was on fire. Literally, my hair, my eyebrows were gone. Not all of my hair, but my eyebrows were gone. Like, it went into my nose, my nostril hairs were gone, like, my eyebrow or my eyelashes were like cut in half. The worst thing that could ever happen to you, the worst thing. And then, the, and then to kind of get like more serious, then this kind of assault began to happen to like my wife and I, like on this mental, emotional, spiritual level where we just begin to get attacked. Like, it, it, it didn't make any, any sense. She would wake up in the middle of the night with this anxiety, like out of nowhere, this heaviness that would just weigh on her, and she couldn't go back to sleep, and it would, it would carry with her. And, and it, was, it was this darkness that just kind of came over our household, and we didn't understand why. You see, things, things were going, I mean, we were doing the right things, 
right? We weren't doing anything wrong. We were checking off the right boxes, saying the right things, being good people, right? Being good employees, being good friends. And yet we found that even, even when we were operating out of our strengths, we seemed to be buried under this blanket of darkness. And I was tired, and I was broken, and I was angry, and I was confused, and I couldn't understand how is it that we're not doing anything wrong, yet everything seems to be falling apart. And then I felt like God spoke to me when I was listening to a podcast. There was this this statement that these guys were saying, and it just kind of jumped out at me. It went from weakness to strength. Now, I don't know about you, but when I get in these seasons of funk, I like to call them, almost always I tend to operate from my strengths. Almost always I tend to find myself trying to fix things with my own mind and my own ability and, and my own power and my own intellect, even though I know, right, that God can help me. You see, and sometimes the, the, the things that we go through, they're not so much practical as they are spiritual. Spiritual things do happen. There is a world that we can't see that is attacking us, that tries to attack our mindset, our emotions, and tries to bring us down. And so when I heard that phrase, from weakness to strength, there was a verse that immediately came to mind, and I'm gonna give you guys two today to help lay the foundation for what we're talking about. The first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Next verse is Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now for somebody today, these verses need to drop from your head to your heart. You need to see God in a new way, present in the middle of your pain. Okay, and and there are so many different characters in the Bible that I could use to talk about today, this idea of surrender. But I think there's one that really defines this word best, and his name is Jesus. Now, the reason that Jesus is such a big deal is because scholars and historians don't deny his existence. Okay, there's, there's no debating that. There are some miraculous things, though, about his life that do bring people around for a second look. Because Jesus, as Christians believe, he's 100% man, 100% God, in one body. And this is why Jesus should matter to you today. Because he has experienced darkness. He knows the pain of being abandoned, isolated, humiliated, and shamed. You see, Jesus knows what it's like to be betrayed by somebody who loved him. You see, in, one of, in Jesus' disciples, there was a man named Judas, and Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Then there was another man, probably his best bud, and his name was Peter. And Peter denied ever having a relationship with him. And then Jesus had some family members, one of them who also was a disciple, named Andrew. And they didn't actually think that he was who he actually said he was. They created doubt about him. 
You see, Jesus was mocked, falsely accused, sentenced to die, physically beaten to an inch of his life. Lots were cast by the Roman soldiers. A crown of thorns were thrusted into his head. He was nailed to a cross, spikes in hands into his feet. Jesus knew the shame of being exposed and humiliated. He was stripped naked, not once, but three different times. You see, in in the imagery of our culture, we we, kind of miss this. You see, back, back in the Roman days, they saw what a crucifixion looked like. They could smell it. The metallic smell of so much blood on the ground. They could hear the sounds of flesh being ripped, of seeing somebody's bones because they had been beaten on the back 39 times. You cannot miss this. The crucifixion was supreme punishment. And the stripping and exposing of victims was not some accidental or incidental element. Everything about about a crucifixion was deliberate. It was intentional. It was meant to degrade, to break them down physically and emotionally and psychologically. It was pure pain and punishment. And I say that because Jesus today knows how you feel. He knows what it's like to be abandoned, to be shamed, to feel the weight and to carry the weight of brokenness. He knows what it's like to be the focus of ridicule, to be spit on, to be abused physically, mentally, sexually. Jesus experienced these things. And then there's this moment that happens on the cross that I think sometimes we, we really overlook and it needs, it needs us to just take a second glance. And we're gonna start in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabbatani, which means my God, My God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, as a 100% man, there was this moment where the world and the weight of the world crushed him. But as God, he was actually making a statement. You see, this is being pulled from Psalms chapter 22, where David is writing a messianic prophecy. And the crowd would have known what he was referring to. You see, in a Jewish culture, it's oral, so they make it painstakingly important to to memorize the Old Testament. It's their history. And this is what the psalm said. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God... I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one that Israel praises. And you, our ancestors, put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. And you they trusted and were not put to shame. 
Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. My mouth is dried up like potsherd and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me down in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. My bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told all about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. You see, Jesus as man was wondering where God was. Yet Jesus as God was making a statement saying, don't question my presence. I've already overcome. I've already won. You see, right now, those of you who are in a season of your life where you feel like God is nowhere to be found and you feel like he has forsaken you, he's not answering your prayers, he hasn't shown up and delivered you and you feel confused and angry and fed up. Maybe it's your marriage falling apart. Maybe somebody has taken something from you that you can't give back. Maybe it's an addiction that you're struggling with. But right now you feel as if the weight of the world is resting on you and crushing you. And you feel like God has forsaken you. Today I am here to tell you that God is near. I've chosen a worship song to help bring this message to life today because in the words, I think, are freedom for all of us. For those of us who feel like darkness surrounds us, who feel like the world is caving in, who can't see the light, this song is a declaration. It's an anthem of the season of life you're experiencing. So please just pay attention to the words as they sing this song. Check this out. Oh, 
has huge practical implications for our lives. You see that there were some lines here, like a seed in the snow, I've been buried to grow. For your promise is loyal from seed to sequoia. You see, the seed must experience extreme temperatures. And the purpose behind that is that the the seed shell needs to be softened to take the seed out of dormancy. You see, some of you have your heart hardened to God and others of you have just been complacent and you've been forced today in the season that you're in to your knees because of your weakness. And what has happened is you have now experienced, God, I need you. You see, Mother Teresa says you will never know God is all you need until he is all that you have. It's in the recognition of our own inadequacy that we can finally be transparent with ourselves. That we need more than we have to offer. The next thing is that the seed has to be buried in a dark place for growth to take place. Buried under the weight of the soil, this is where growth begins to take place. You see, the darkness that surrounds you has a purpose. It's not fair. It's not cool. And I'm sorry that it's happening to you, and I know it doesn't make sense, but you've been buried not to be broken, but to break through. In times of trial, when we have nowhere else to run, God reminds us 
that we are the only source, that he is the only source of light in our darkness. What you're going through right now won't be the only moment, but it can be a defining moment where you can begin to learn to stand tall and to grow in the trials that come into your life if you can just see God present in your pain. You see, for a sequoia seed to grow into what it was intended to be, it has to surrender to the elements. And this is my challenge to you today. You see, prayer isn't God, give me a solution. It's God, make me the answer. Romans chapter 12, verse two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, that by testing, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, so many of us have walked into conversations with God, to prayer with God. God, bend your will to me. And at its foundation, prayer assumes a position of surrender. You only pray because you recognize you're incapable and he's capable. Prayer is not a get out of jail free card. It's God not trying to change your circumstance, but trying to change how you see your circumstance. Prayer is surrender. Can we just bow our heads? Look, I don't know who this was for in this room today. I don't know what you walked in here with. I don't know the heaviness of the situation. I don't know the brokenness that you feel inside you. But what I can tell you is that there is a God who cares. There is a God who loves you. And today he is trying to tell you to surrender to him, to stop fighting, to look towards him to be the solution that you need. This is just a season of winter. And the good news is that he's the God of seasons. I know it feels dark. I know it feels cold. I know it feels like you have been abandoned and that you are left alone. But God has never left your side. Now today, there are some of us in this room who have maybe never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. We've always kept him at arm's length. But your way is not working. And today you've come into this place because you need another solution. Today you can experience the grace and the love and the peace that Jesus has to offer in your life. If that's you today, nobody's looking around. Would you just raise your hand? Hands going up everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead and put them down. 
Now, there are others of us in here today who we have a relationship with God. We've said yes to him before, but right now, it feels like everything in our world is falling apart. We're scared, we're anxious. We're constantly asking why. If that's you today, but you know that God has spoken to you in this place, would you just acknowledge that you have heard him by raising your hand? Hands are going up everywhere. Put them down. I wanna pray over you guys. Heavenly Father, we stand before you today broken, without answers, God, without a solution. But today, God, we just bend the knee before you and trust that you know what's best and we surrender to you. God, you are the Lord of our life and you care about what it is that's happening in our world. And God, today we look to you. You are our first response, not our last resort. God, we need healing. We need peace. We need assurance that you're here and that this situation is not going to fall apart in our hands. God, we trust you today and we put our eyes and our heart on you and we say yes to pursuing you even deeper. In your name we pray.